What's up, filmmakers and moviegoers? This is Zach and... And this is Eric. So uh, this week we're doing a throwback. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, I, we are. I came across a movie on HBO. Un- okay, you took me totally by surprise I when know. you hit me with this one. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah, and it has nothing to do with Halloween. No. Even though we're in October, but that's fine. We're yeah. flipping the podcast genre on its head. That's what we're doing. Okay, cool. So uh, we're going to talk. Breaking with tradition. We're going to break wind. and No, <laughs> <laughs> no we're not. We're, uh, we're This week we're talking about the John Cusack classic. Yeah. Gross point blank. Right. Uh, before we get into that, though, uh, man, what have you been watching? Oh, dude, I've been. I, so many I mean, things. Yeah, there's got so a whole many. list. Okay, so I've I've been trying to get caught up on the things that you've been sharing with me. So oh wow, it doesn't go on deaf ears, huh? Yeah, I mean, so I started diving into the Chef, awesome show. Oh, Chef love, Show, yeah, love uh, Favreau, John Favreau, just um, amazing, and Chef Roy. Yeah, we we have mutual friends, so it. it w- <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? I'm not kidding you. Are you kidding me I'm right now? I'm not kidding you. Um, Do you also know and, the 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 barbecue guy in Austin? No. Because he's on that show, too. I mean, they briefly go visit yeah, him. Yeah, no. But, okay. um, I know who he is, but I haven't yeah. met him, no. All right. Um, but anyway, yeah, the chef show, awesome, um, which also then... I got into the whole food thing and had to watch Taco Chronicles. Okay, what is this? Okay, so <laughs> Taco Chronicles is where they go and they 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 break down by taco like carne asada or al pastor or okay. you know, the different types of meat that you would get in a taco at different and they go places at different okay. places and it's set in Mexico and Oh, wow. And they go around. I was expecting like South LA food truck or something. No. Okay. No, this is, and it's all subtitled in Spanish. Oh. And so it's, uh, and I love tacos. So, oh, man. Who doesn't? Dude, I'm, I've, there's like a whole laundry list of places that I want to go now in Mexico. Yeah. Like shady looking places, but I don't care. But just do it for the tacos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, which is cool because they talk about, you know, kind of the history of how tacos came to be and all kinds of, kind of yeah. Anyway. Um, Don't oversell it. Yeah. I mean, if you love tacos, Taco Chronicles, there you go. Is it spelt like with an emphasis on chronic? Like, is there a sort of weed? No. Okay. All right. No. Okay. No. I'm going to cut that out. Yes. Um, Hip Hop Evolution Season 3 just dropped. Speaking of chronic. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, leave it in. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and it's great. I love I love that series because I listened to a lot of that music growing up and uh, it just kind of really gets to behind the scenes and, you know, the different vibes and places that it all came together, which is was really cool. Yeah, so break that down real quick then. What is it about? So Hip Hop Evolution is basically the history of, of okay. hip hop. Going all the way back to, you know, Cool Herc in New York in the 70s. With jazz and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Kind well, does of that mean doesn't get into that at all? Um, I mean, not because Cool not, Herc obviously not a jazz singer. But. Yeah, not so much, but um, it just kind of talks about all the pieces being t- together 
in the right place and it, sure. it, it was born out of new york and you know you're coming off of this disco scene and there's it was just and then the advent of um you know synthesizer and the, i mean it's just kind of it's kind of all how this particular genre of music gets formed, right. which is really cool. That's cool. Okay. Um, and that's called what again? Hip Hop Evolution. It's on Netflix? or It's on Netflix, okay. and it's uh, it's got three seasons. Nice. Let's see. You turned me on to Good Place. Oh, yeah. Good Place is... is good? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's so good. I'm, we're only into the end of season one. Judy, okay. Judy fell asleep because that's just what she does when watching. Uh, and she didn't fall asleep at Joker, which was cool. <laughs> but um, she uh, she fell asleep and didn't finish season one. So I have to wait until she gets caught up. Oh, no. So I'm in the holding pattern on that one. Yeah, but this, it's good. The season one yeah. twist is, is pretty great. It did, man. It looked like spoilers like, oh, for for the good place. Yeah, so it it was like, oh, this is going to be cheesy. This is this isn't going to land well. And it and it, I mean, Kristen Bell in, um, oh, they're all so good. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, wow, this <laughs> the the band. Yeah, it is good. That's all I'm going to say yeah. about that. Just go watch it. It's fun. Ted Danson is so funny. Yeah, it's a fun ride. Yeah, it's a fun ride. It's great. Um. Uh, watch Bill's brain. Yeah. We, my wife and I, well, she, I think she finished it, but I, I took a nap. Uh, I watched the first two episodes. Yeah. I didn't know what it was about really going into it, Yeah, but, uh, I, I was super intrigued by it. Like right. each episode's kind of a vignette about something that he's doing or has right. done. And, uh, yeah, it was really interesting. Did you finish the whole, I haven't finished the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, man, I, I really liked it though. The production qualities great the editing style it's like these four or five mini docs yeah on in about an hour each so yeah it was cool because this shows that the one percent you don't demonize the one percent right he's making a lot of big different you know we talked a little bit about that in the previous episode in the joker yeah but you know it's like and i think that's kind of this we we've, we've got this conditioning like oh there's got to be a bad guy and there's got to be a good guy and yeah. and and in society says, Oh, the 1% is, or the 2% are the bad guys and everybody else is the good, you know, that's a really good point. I wish and, you would have said that in the Joker. Uh, so. <laughs> but, but, you know, thinking about that, you know, you look at, I mean, Bill's definitely in the 1% and he's oh, making yeah. a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool. I, I, the, fr it's the first episode I think is the, the diarrhea episode. Right. Um, which yeah, you, the, you'd probably chuckle out toilet, of context, the, but the toilet yeah. episode maybe. Um, I had no idea yeah. how bad that problem was. Yep. Um, it's not something I really even thought about that children could die from diarrhea. Right. Yeah. And I just, because we live in a world that, that, or we live in a country that yeah, that's, that's not a problem. Not an issue. Um, I mean, not in the sense of, the, you know, the ones shown, I'm, I'm sure there's still some sort of instances here, but. Um, and the fact that he saw that problem and then started the process of eradicating it and practically succeeded. Yeah. And it's spent, insanity. And spent millions of dollars yeah, on that, yeah. you know, to make it a better place. Yeah. And yeah. now the cases are like 
I mean, in the in the double digits as opposed to the triple and quadruple digits of right. instances of it, and it's just amazing. So, I, yeah, I, I really recommend checking that out. Um, the just the philanthropy, um, it, it could maybe come across as a little bit of like self serving um, documentary. Uh, yeah, you know, I. I... <laughs> I'm going to say no to that. Yeah. I'm going to say no. I, I, you know, I think that's just, that's just cynical, bitter people trying to go, oh, well, there's an angle and no, the angle is he wanted to help. All right. So if, 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 if if anything, I think the angle of the documentary is drawing attention to the problem, to the problem. Yeah. Yeah, Like, Hey, let's educate people. There's other issues, you know, cause Mm -hmm. just cause you're not sitting in this space and not looking at it through this lens doesn't mean there aren't global issues that you know right yeah 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 i think it's 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 a really good little mini series and it's quick it's a quick uh watch so um yeah definitely check that out all right two more real quick yeah um guilty pleasure has been anime you know Mm -hmm. because jacob was a huge fan of anime so i've been diving into a lot of that and so netflix has an anime series that they produced and it's um baki b-a-k-i i'm not sure if that's pronounced properly um but uh hmm. yeah it's oh, cool well, what's it about so they basically is it giant robots no it's not giant robots oh, but dang. it's these guys that are total like steve steroids they're but they come together this kid basically has some kind of magical he, he's super strong super fast and not really sure how he got there okay um but there's these notorious criminals all over the planet that um, that break out of their prisons to come to this like underground. They, they you know they're gonna everybody's gonna fight because for like domination. No, just for like the Fun, best. Funsies? Like I'm the best fighter type oh, of thing. But oh, these, okay. These other guys, they're like they're the weird part about it is is that they want to taste defeat. Which is a completely different Interesting. spin. Yeah, oh. they. I mean, they've beat everybody they've ever fought. Now they're in prison, and they're they're kind of chilling in prison because there isn't anything else out there that's challenging for them. So they really don't care. Right. But then this this kid wins this on this this tournament or whatever. Um, it was kind of a mainstream tournament, and. Huh. And then they all break out of prison and show up in Tokyo and this thing's fine. But anyway, it's, I'm in the middle of it. So, yeah. uh, it's, well, that's interesting it's super gory. Oh, okay. <laughs> like there's a lot of violence and it's very, right. and there's a lot of gore in it. Um, but it's anime, so it's not real, you know, but, uh, yeah. Similar like style and vibe to, um, that anthology series they released. Yeah. Um, with love death robots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and man, then Fastest Car, season two. Fastest Car, yeah, I went through that too. Um, yeah, <laughs> I haven't that, finished season two yet. I usually just, I mean, I, I, you I really, spoil it for I love the, I mean, no. <laughs> um, but I love the, I, I love the idea. Like, I was a sleeper car builder for a long time. Yeah. And I love the principle of sleeper cars totally dominating supercars. Right. Um, but yeah, 
anyway, well, it's it's a guilty pleasure. It's fun. Speaking but I, of, but I fast forward. I, I I actually cheat. I fast forward through a lot of the backstory stuff. Oh, the season two I feel is a lot better. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. You should you should start checking them out as you as yeah. you continue on because yeah, it feels it feels like they they got more budget and they yeah. also got a little bit more maybe maybe time or just. They were like, look, we, we can put they can develop some, it a little better. Yeah. yeah. So it feels it does feel better. And they got more girl drivers, which is which is cool. Yeah, there's there's a bunch this season. Yeah. So um yeah, it's it I think it's better than the first season okay. in a lot of ways. So I'm really curious like how long they're gonna keep this going. And I'm hoping they get to seven seasons. So then they can do a seven like at the end of the seventh oh, season, all they the do a race of all do, the champions. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, so I'm hoping that they get that far at least. Um but yeah, we'll see. I I guess um, this last one was filmed in the winter of last year, so they must they must be cranking through two of these a year at yeah. least filming wise. So yeah, um, that that that's actually a really good. Show. It's not it's not a guilty pleasure. I don't think it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, but speaking of cars, um, my free time has been um, Mario Kart Tour on, on the iOS. Yeah, on the iOS. Uh, yeah, it's I downloaded so it. Fun. I downloaded the app because I saw. Um, I saw one of our yeah coworkers playing it. It's so I was fun. like, oh, I I I meet my stomach immediately sank. Oh, yeah, because I knew this is Pokemon Go too. Oh, it's a time suck. Is what? It, yes. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I can't do this. Anytime, I don't want to like, do this right now. Well, the the <laughs> thing that makes it even more difficult to like put down is the races are so quick too, because the tracks are pretty short and it's only two laps. So I'll start rendering a video out, and I'll be like, "I'll get a couple races in, real quick. Just, <laughs> just a couple races in, real quick." And then I'm, I, I jokingly say at night, like we're laying down in bed, and I'm like, "I just gotta get a race in. I just gotta get, I just gotta get one more race in, real quick. I just gotta, <laughs> you know, yeah." So it's it's really fun, and the addicting the art style is really good on it. Like, and you're gonna talk about all the good things about it. It's really good, <laughs> man. And trying to sell um, people. And it's, on it's also it. not a it's not a pay to play. Um, which I appreciate, like you're actually able to earn things. You can pay for rubies or whatever if you want, yeah. but you can still earn things and you can progress. There's no paywall. You don't hit a certain point and you can't go any further unless you give them 19 bucks or whatever. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. So it, I, I'm really enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. I'm currently second in my division. Oh, you, <laughs> you have a, you're um, in a division. Um, oh my God. Just brush my shoulder off here real quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm second in my division. It's not a big wow. deal. But um, other than that, um, the other game that I got um, that was taking up a lot of my time before Mario Kart was, um, if you heard of this untitled goose game? No. Okay. So. Um, like that's the name of it, which that was the working title. And then they just kept it. And they just kept it. it. Yeah. It's yep. funny. So everybody just calls it goose game though. But so I got it for the switch because it's that kind of game that's like it's fun to play handheld, you know. And um you play as a goose and you basically wreak havoc on a on an unsuspecting town and it feels like a like a a British town like, you know, in the so middle. So is this like Angry Birds too? No, no, no. No, no, no. It's <laughs> not that style at all. It's it's kind of free roam style. Uh-huh. And so you the art, the art style of it's actually really cool. Like it's very unique, um, which that's kind of what draws you to it at first is kind of the 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 look of it. Um, 
but then you have little objectives like you have like a notepad that you you have to cross things off of so one's like sneak into the garden okay so you do that and he crosses it off the list and then it's like yeah quick wins yeah but mm-hmm. then some then it turns into like a puzzle game where you have to um sneak into and you're a goose you're, you're walking yeah, you're a goose and you can honk and honk <laughs> honk and you can like freak people out and you can steal people's glasses and you can tie people or untie people's shoes so when they get up they fall wow. over wow <laughs> all i'm saying is it's a lot of fun i highly suggest it it's pretty cheap on switch right now uh, i think it's on some other platform it might just be pc and switch only but uh if you got a switch check it out it's a lot of fun um, wow don't judge goose game it's fine wow Back to uh, the the correct thematic elements of this podcast, though filmmaking. Yes, uh, what I've been watching. Yes, what have you been? Has watching? been a lot. Because other than your iPhone screen playing well, Mario Kart, that's, and that's been a lot. The Goose Game. Luckily, I can play Goose Game or Mario Kart while also watching things on television. Oh no, I'm a no, no, no! You don't get to no, yell at me for that. No, no, you don't get to yell at me for that. No, Mister Mindhunter by Osmosis. Yeah. Okay. I watch stuff because I'm making a sandwich. You make a lot of sandwiches. I'm not having another screen in my hand. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. But what I have been watching, uh, Between Two Ferns, the movie. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Zach Galifianakis, uh, he had this show. I don't know if he's still doing con- I guess he is still technically doing content for it. Is it? I don't I haven't Funny seen or die. episode. Oh, is it still on? Yeah, yeah. So what what it's it's what it looks like they did is they took the interviews from the movie and then just released the full versions on Funny or Die after the movie oh, came gotcha, out as yeah. singular just episodes. Repurposing the basically. Content. Yeah. But the movie though, um, oh my gosh, I loved it. Like People might scoff at me for saying that, but uh, I love the Between Two Ferns show on Funny or Die. Like, I think they're hilarious. It's right up my alley for humor style where it's Mm -hmm. super dry and um, self-deprecating, which is always like, I don't know, I, I, I really enjoy that kind of humor. And this movie just like, it takes it and it doesn't like amplify that really. It doesn't like blow it up to where it's not funny anymore. It just rides that tone out. And there's this added element of like, they have to do so many interviews by two weeks time or else they're going to get shut down and you get this whole backstory. But all of the stuff that's not the show is shot cinematically. Oh, wow. And then the show stuff is shot just like it is for funny or die.com. And, um, the, the characters are all really clever and funny and it's the story is actually as basic as the story is the moments are really good and there's a lot of there's quite a bit of physical comedy and it's 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 pretty slapsticky and there's not a whole lot of like i always get a little leery with like will ferrell stuff mm-hmm. because he he produced this and um he's you know he's one of the creators of funnierdie.com and i don't like the what people refer to as like potty humor, mm-hmm. which is such a stupid phrase to say, but I don't like kind of like the gross out humor that much. It's just, it feels so kind of basic to me and just kind of low level. Like you didn't really have to try hard like to bathroom make that humor. Yeah. Like yeah. you didn't have to try very hard to make a fart funny, you know, like right. what writing, what, how long did it take you to write that moment? Like, Oh, it, it took him about long. Right, exactly. <laughs> So I, I'm always more appreciative, like the ones that actually like you're, you're having to 
figure out pacing or timing or like blocking for that joke. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of that in this. So yeah, anyways, uh, th- that's enough talking about that. If you, if you like between two ferns, watch the movie, it's more of the same, but in, in a, in a good way. So mm. one thing I do want to talk about, um, I'm going to, these are, these are bad movies. I don't recommend. Um, when I was on the airplane coming back, man, this is hard to talk about. When I was on the airplane coming back from Florida, I watched the, Hellboy remake. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. Like that's a big statement. You've seen a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, like like for I had, real. I had like, my memory on Instagram or Facebook pop up about um Venom, which I guess just came out a year ago, like last week or something. Yeah, yeah. That and was the that worst was movie. You one of seen. my worst. Well, it wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen, but I did absolutely hate it. Um, this is the worst movie I have ever seen. Wow. And I've seen some stinkers. Wow. I'm surprised you didn't like tune out of it. And well, it was funny because my else. wife and I were, were, were different seats, um, on the airplane. So we're, we're texting each other and I'm like, I'm watching this Hellboy movie. I wonder how bad it's going to be two minutes in two and a half minutes into the movie. I text her. This is terrible. And she goes, wow, that was fast. <laughs> and so then maybe, maybe 45 minutes into the movie, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. And she's like, nah, man, stick it out. Like you gotta, <laughs> you gotta finish it now. I'm like, fine. So I do. It's so bad. It is, it is like the epitome of a studio not knowing what to do with a comic book property and then absolutely having zero vision before starting to shoot something. Mm. There is. They're just trying to milk more money out of, I mean. Well, the Hellboy property wasn't ludicrous to begin with. Yeah. It didn't make, you know, a right. b- a it billion wasn't, dollars yeah, in the box office. It wasn't office. like this big. It, yeah. No. So this is a reboot of that, which people are already turned off to because right. well, there's a cult following for the Guillermo del Toro. Uh, Hellboy's movies and they're great. I think they're great. They have, they have a visual, they have a very clear tone. They have great acting, great characters. The writing is a little cheesy. Sure. But overall you, you appreciate what you're watching this. Oh my gosh. The writing is terrible. The acting is, I'm not, is this a phone it in type of situation? It totally feels like a paycheck movie. Yeah. And it feels it's poorly casted. It is poorly directed. I'm not going to even blame the actors because it's not solely on the, I've seen great actors in great roles that I had previously seen that I thought were terrible, like because they've had a better director. Yeah. Looking at um, the guy that plays Mike in, uh, in it chapter two, the the, Mm -hmm. the, um, Mustafar, I can't, I can't think of his last name. He is amazing in it. Right. He is terrible in this TV show called Shadow Hunters that I've seen a few times. Mm. Awful. It clearly goes to show you like material matters and direction matters. Yeah. When it comes to an actor. Yeah. 100%. If they don't have the material and they don't have the good direction, then what you're telling them is, oh, that's a great take. They think is a great take. They you can't tell until you see it. This movie, man, right. like please stay away from this movie. I don't want it, it already failed in the box office, so it's not getting a sequel. But I swear it's it is 
one of the most frustratingly terrible things I've ever watched. Well, if it's that bad, let's move on to the You're title right. track of what we're talking about this week, which is Gross Point Blank. Now, this is a movie that you might think to yourself, why are you talking about this movie? This yeah, 1997. Well, we did talk about doing like these throwbacks. Yeah. Which, dude, this has been a pretty dry summer for films like for that's summer blockbusters it's i mean we're we're getting some like joker but we're in the fall now yeah um i mean the and and even endgame was in april so yeah it's like the summer felt pretty much just had spider-man in july and that was it yeah spider-man yeah um and but beyond that it was like Man, I got this A-list thing, and I'm not. I'm like, eh, I'm sleeping on it. But, yeah. um, so I think during these times, you know, it makes sense for us to do like these really cool throwbacks. So, here we are. Here we are. We did um, less than zero was kind of our yeah. first retro rewind that we did. Yep. Um, this movie I have heard of. I've never seen it. Ninety-seven um, was. Sorry, I was I was nine years old. Why well, you don't have to apologize? Uh, well, I just don't want you to feel bad. Um, <laughs> Why? Because I'm old. Because you were thirty <laughs> by the time I was. <clears throat> wow, I was almost thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but '97. Um, so this movie comes out. Obviously, I'm nine. I, I don't I don't know anything about. It. I don't know who John Cusack is. Um, I don't I don't really know who John Cusack is until. Uh, probably hot tub time machine comes oh, around, yeah. you know, cause I yeah. just, I didn't live in that universe of movies. Right. Um, but I'd heard of people talk about this movie and it's constantly brought up as like this cult classic, mm-hmm. this little known movie that like not enough people talk about still. Yeah. And uh, some other podcast, I can't remember who, like they, they brought it up and I said, Oh, I love that movie. And it was almost in reference to, less than zero and some of these other movies um, that aren't talked about enough. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to check it out. So it was luckily on HBO. Yeah. And I watched it, my wife and I both. And I was, we were like, I get it now. Yeah. I get why people talk about this. I also understand where a ton of visuals, right. Yeah. Pacing. Yeah. Writing styles come from. Because mm-hmm. this movie started it all, right? On a bunch of things, and I think you said, "What did you say?" You compared this to. Oh, I said if if uh, John Hughes and Quentin Tarantino got assigned to do a film together, it would be gross point blank. Yeah, yeah, and it's not it's not uh, it's not Tarantino graphically violent, um, in the sense of like comedically graphically violent. Right, it's more grounded. I think. Yeah. Um, there are, there are a couple minute, a couple moments like, but it's over the top, but it is yeah. over the top. Yeah. Yes. Like the mini Mart getting yeah. shot up and yeah. everything. Um, <laughs> by the, great. by the way, if you haven't seen gross point blank, um, this is going to be entirely spoilers and dude, the movie's 30 years it, old. Yeah, so it, well, we're it's fine. not quite, uh, excuse me. It's not quite 30. Well, let's see. 97, <laughs> 2007, I'm 31 and I said oh, I was yeah. nine. Right. Yeah. Do math. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, this is going to be spoiler heavy. So if you haven't seen it, you really should check it out. It is out. a great, it's, it was yeah. a great rewatch for me. Yeah. I hadn't seen it in a long time. And, um, 
Yeah, it's a fun ride. Yeah. It was a fun ride. So the thing that immediately stuck out to me was the tone of the movie from the get-go. It knows what it wants to be. Yeah. It starts off with John Cusack in a hotel room. He's building a sniper rifle mm-hmm. and he's on the phone with, funnily enough, like his real life sister, Joan Cusack, right, yeah. who's his like secretary in uh, this hitman job world. Right. Yeah. And he's he, a contractor. He's a contract yeah. killer. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's having like a normal conversation with her mm-hmm. about, uh, I can't remember what it was about. It was food or ordering a certain ammunition or something. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. They need a new nine millimeter round. Yeah. 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 And uh, it's immediately like, okay, this is right up my alley <laughs> because tonally I love that juxtaposition of outlandish. I don't, I don't want to say unrealistic, but unrealistic, you know, uh, world event like of a hitman, right? Juxtaposed with just a straightforward, normal phone conversation, right? That he's got this little headset on because it's the '90s, and you know, uh, talking on his big flip cell phone. But right, um, and I was hooked immediately. I was like, "Oh, this is this is great!" And then he kills his contract, shoots his contract, but then the person that he was trying to save gets killed still by another hitman right which is played by dan Aykroyd, right who is great in this oh yeah dan Aykroyd is funny and um and then it, it is further cements the tone of the movie by how john cusack reacts to that moment he's just like oh man now what am i supposed to tell him right and you're just like okay this is this is the movie we're in and it's that kind of tonal awareness in a movie that i feel like we don't get very often right we talked about joker last week and joker to me is a movie that it felt like it knew the tone right off the bat yeah and i I, that's rare nowadays these these low to medium budget movies that are able to have a voice right in the theme of or like in the filmmaking vibe of the movie and this this immediately stuck out as as knowing what it wanted to be and um i loved it yeah. I, I thought it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and it, it's it's so out there. Um, did well, you- and it's great all that, you know. And so the the story is on the background of he's going to his ten year and uh, reunion high school reunion, yeah. and you know, and these reunions, you, I I haven't been to one, so I don't know personally. I haven't either. <laughs> but uh, you know, people are asking, "Oh, what are you doing?" You right. know, and they're trying to catch up. This is pre-internet and Facebook and yep. all that kind of stuff, so you would know all of that stuff already. But so the they're asking him. He's like, "Oh, I you know I kill." kill i'm a killer or something yeah oh i just kill people for a living yeah yeah <laughs> and, and it sounds it sounds so like you know it's a it's a line just for conversation yeah. not like really what he does right and <laughs> he looks he, he he's he looks hesitant to say it he says it and then looks perplexed when people like okay now what do you really do yeah <laughs> And it's that it's just that first time that he says it where he's kind of like hesitant to say it, mm-hmm. but then he says it like four more times and yeah. he's, like, he's like, he's with it from right. then on. Yeah. Cause he realized yeah. nobody's going to believe him anyway. Yeah. The thing that I liked about this um, also is that they give him like, he's got flaws too. He's not this, just like over the top um, like contract killer, like ultra commando guy. 
he's got kind of he is like no he's he's not he's like office guy yeah not even like just unassuming yeah and he's he kind of feels like he should i don't know maybe be taking some xanax or something right yeah cure anxiety or depression or something you know he's he's got something going on that there's like another layer to that that he's constantly playing with and then you know um the the premise of the movie if you're still listening and you haven't seen it is john cusack's a contract killer he's kind of losing his touch um which is explained later on in the movie it's one of the misses of the movie i think but um and then he's got this graduation going on, this 10-year reunion. Sorry, 10-year reunion for, uh, for yeah, his class. Yeah. And it just so happens that there ends up being a contract in the same town or nearby as his reunion. So he wasn't going to go, but now he's got this contract, and he owes the people the contract because he didn't succeed in the opening scene. Right. So there's pay there's build-up and payoff, which is another thing that a lot of movies don't do anymore. It really yeah. frustrates me. Um. And so he goes and he lives in Gross Point, Maine or Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. Yeah. yeah. And he keeps putting off the hit the whole movie. Yeah. And you, you eventually, at least I did, I I figured out who the hit was going to be about 75% into the movie, but it's still, it felt like a good payoff once you did find out who it was. And then there's a tie into that. But, um, so yeah, that's the basic premise of the movie. Um, Hitman has to go to his reunion. Yeah, and 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 I and I, it's funny because in the beginning, you, you know, you feel like there's some some tension that, uh, or some turmoil, inner turmoil that he's wrestling with, uh, and, and you know, as he has these interactions with his old high school people you know, it, it, it continues to drive the point home. Like, you know, he's looking for some normalcy or yeah. he's looking for like all these people, you know, are married, they have kids and they're, you know, and there's things that he doesn't have. Right. Um, you know, and you see his, you see his, um, his cold exterior slowly crumbling Yeah. into, yeah, now this love interest and let me, right let me rekindle this thing and let me maybe have some normal life yeah yeah and we we talked a lot about set decoration and like costume design and stuff with joker and this leads into that too um because you mentioned cold he's he's pretty pale Mm -hmm. he's always in black right um he's he's always in sunglasses yep um until he walks inside and then he's not you know and the as the story progresses and he kind of opens up and becomes a little more interested in a normal life. The colors are kind of changing. He, he's no longer in totally black. He's got maybe right. a white undershirt yeah. and um, just little details like that, that progress throughout the movie that is so good. Um, and then the other thing about it is like, he's got these little ticks that you, you think of now I think of because I've seen so many like gangster or hitman or, um, army soldier with PTSD movies, you know, where like he goes into a room and she has like his, his ex girlfriend from high school or whatever. She's like the radio DJ for the local, the local radio station. Mm -hmm. So he goes and he meets her at the radio station and she has him sit down in a chair. Well, the chair is back against the door 
And so when once she gets up to get something, he immediately gets up, moves to the other chair, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, well, that's because as a contract killer or as a trained professional, because he went into the military and all this, yeah, you're always trained to watch your your interests and your exits, yeah. And so it's little things like that, little ticks that you'll notice, like John Cusack picking up on and doing. That it's just like it's such solid direction and acting from both him and the director which the director i i don't know of anything else that this guy has done the director is george armitage Mm -hmm. and i'm looking through his imdb and i'm like i don't i don't know any of these things uh the big bounce was the last thing he did in 2004 Mm -hmm. before that miami blues uh vigilante force hitman in 1972 private duty nurses in 1971 like it sounds like he, i don't know he just kind of came out of nowhere or maybe this was more of one of those situations where like the writer and john cusack had more of a voice in the process and they just needed somebody that could solidly direct it um and it is solidly directed like it is yeah it, the cinematography is not over the top it's not just like you're not going to hang up you know pictures of it on your wall but it is so straightforward in like a, the best way possible that it like serves the story um, that it's great. And little moments like his childhood home is now a mini mart. Like they sold the land to like a gas station. And now he goes, he, he wants to finally go home after 20 years. And, and now he can't. And now Or 10 years. And yeah, now he can't. And it's, you know, this, yeah, it's a mini mart. And then there's this shootout in the mini mart while this kid's got headphones on and he's playing doom on the arcade machine. And like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's so nineties, but it's just little moments like that, that um, I feel like this movie is, it's, it's the kind of movie that's not made anymore um, where they're really paying attention to like the buildup and the payoff of certain things being introduced early on in the movie. And just, he's really just giving time for these character moments like there's a there's a completely throwaway scene um, at the reunion where a drunk guy is like he's he's getting ready to have a fight with John Cusack's character and um, Martin Blank I believe is his name right mm-hmm. Martin yeah yeah yep. um, so there's the gross point Blank but he's getting ready to have a fight with Blank like in the in the middle of a hallway and and then John Cusack's just like look man we don't we don't need to do this. Right, yeah. We don't need to do this, man. Yeah. And, and it's just this. And he gives him a hug. And he gives him a hug, <laughs> and then he, he reads him like a poem. Like the yeah. drunk guy ends up reading a poem, but he can't finish the poem. So then John's just like, let's just get to the end, man. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And it's in any other movie, that would have been a fist fight scene, yeah. shot low angle with a yeah. handy cam. And, yeah. and, and it wasn't. They let that no. breathe. They let that character show that he did still have a human yeah. side to himself yeah. Yeah. that was maybe coming out a little bit more because of everything that has happened since well, he came back home. Especially right before he has the, the interaction where he kills the other, the other oh hitman with a pencil or right. a pen or whatever right. it was. It was, yeah, it was the pen from the, the, yeah. uh, the realtor or the yeah. lawyer or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, which another, another thing build up in a payoff. Yeah. They build up him getting that pen earlier on yeah. and he uses it later on. Yeah. And it's, little things like that that I absolutely love about filmmaking and it's what it's what keeps me still interested in movies even though this movie is now 20 years old like I'm still there's still a lot to learn from stuff like yes yeah and I think there's there's something to be said about going into the thought process of 
thinking about how things play out. Yeah. If you're going to introduce an item, give it an A, give it a B, and then give it a C moment. Like, yeah. why did so you there's introduce an that arc. item? Yeah. Well, yeah. G- give things arcs. Yeah. And I feel like there's not enough arcs to things lately. And yes, you have, you know, red herrings and, and MacGuffins and stuff like that, and they have their place, but um, little things, you know, just like the radio station being introduced earlier on and then it plays into the the uh the nsa guys listening in later on and it's yeah. just there's a whole bunch of elements yeah. and um i just think it's it's a great movie that has a lot of things that um young filmmakers can learn older filmmakers can learn um and it's a type of movie that's just it's not made very much anymore um and that's a bummer like yeah. that kind of bums me out. It was watching yeah. this and just like, man, I, I want, I want one of these out every month. Right. Yeah. And we're not getting them anymore. Right. But, you know, and well, it's funny because, you know, it going back to our conversation with Mark Mangini, we were sitting there talking about, you know, there's some things that, that he brought up that, you know, it's the studio sequelitis, yeah. you know, when yeah. he saw it, when he was talking about that. And then he also brought up, you know, that the studios are so, um, they're, you know, they're just big on the on the um, on the superhero movies yeah. right now, yeah. Because superhero movies are are crushing the box office, right? And so you know they're 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 scrambling to find these new superhero movies or repurposing superhero movies or you know trying to yeah, and it becomes that, and then so it, it the current climate that we're in film you know film wise studio wise movie wise is that you know those types of movies you're going to get not not funded right. or shelved or or sent somewhere else that we're not going to you're not going to know about them right because i'm sure there are a ton of these kind of movies but that's also the other problem we have now is that there's and we've talked about this a ton there's too much tv Right. It's too much streaming. There's too many options. There's too many options. Not enough time. So Netflix could have five of these, but I can't find it due to the algorithm that they have for me. Amazon might have one of these. Epics, you know, there's there's 50 other independent streaming companies well, too that I don't even know about. This, this makes the the $5 bin a, a, a very interesting does. dive because sometimes we might dive, pull, reach our Grammy little fingers into one of those and pull out something like Gross Point Blank. It's possible, yeah. And then you're just going to be, why have I not seen this? I before? know. Well, this is that yeah. movie. This is yeah. this is my first. This would definitely be in a five dollar bin. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I and I would have immediately looked on Amazon for the Blu-ray or figured out where I could get the highest quality version of it because it's right. it's an it's an incredible movie. Um, with incredible characters and and smart writing, and it and was very smart. It's, I mean, even the title. There's yeah. such a word. It's a wordplay. Yeah. There's so much wordplay in the title. Is, is that? Oh my goodness! It was. They thought. They yeah. thought this one through pretty well. It's a. It's a movie made by creative people that have a vision and a passion for it, and it f- does not feel like a a committee movie. Okay. Um. And and I know that we. We we love Marvel movies. We love comic book movies. I mean, we just had a whole episode Guilty. on the Joker and Guilty. <laughs> uh, you know, there's I think there's a there's a place for those kind of movies, and 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 I don't mind it being every month. Whatever, it's fine. If you don't want to see those movies, then just don't go watch them. But I what I wish they would be doing is what they used to do, and and I'm sure they do it a little bit. But they used to create these tentpole movies, these big epic event movies. You know, back in the day 
um, Cleopatra and, right. and, you know, all these other things. And, but they made those movies to help fund these other movies like this. Right. It doesn't feel like they're doing that anymore. No, not so much. Yeah. Cause if, why would you do that when you're throwing away money on another one? We can make more money. On, right. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's that, the business side of it. And, and I get it. I understand yeah. business is business, but, um, as a fellow creative, I, I would love to see that kind of, um, you know, that, that stretch of, of budget, um, where, where, because they had the $2 billion in game and another movie gets an extra $4 million to just take it to the next level on yeah. its already low $34 million budget. Right. Um, you know, and, and I, that's, that, that sucks. Like give, give, but, give detective Pikachu the extra 50 million for what, what it needed. Right. You yeah. Know? Um, I mean that, that's, that is a big budget movie, I guess. I don't know what a big budget movie is now that, that keeps changing. It feels like, but I would, I would just, I would love to see more character piece movies like this. Um, yeah, just somebody, somebody, I mean, it feels like and there's, there's, a, there's a studio called a 24. Um, they're doing movies like this. It feels like, um, but yeah, it's just sometimes they're not getting wide released. Right. And that's just, that's the game that we live in now. Eventually theaters are going to be kind of like amusement parks where only the big rides are going to be there. And that's funny. I think that I think that's okay for what it is if we want to do that. But don't let these low to mid budget movies die because they're the ones that I fell in love with cinema for. They're right. the ones that I wanted to become a filmmaker for. And um, this is a perfect example of just masterclass pacing and, and editing and, and character development and, interesting characters and, and you know, it's payoff. Just, yeah. There's so much payoff in this movie. Yeah. So uh, check okay. it out. I think it's still on HBO. Best, um, best before we, before we close best moment, favorite moment from gross point blank. Okay. <laughs> so it's maybe not the moment that you would think, that I that I would be drawn to, but there's a scene right after the beginning when uh, Dan Aykroyd ends up killing the guy that uh, John Cusack was supposed to protect. Right, he's playing the the door the bellhop yeah. door guy or whatever. Yeah. So there's a scene right after that where they meet each other, like right. in the in like off road. Uh, you can see like downtown LA in the background. Yeah, yeah. And they have a conversation. Some empty lot. They yeah. Pull up to. Yeah. And and they have a conversation, and they're both just totally on edge the whole time expecting the other person to pull out a gun and then like, cause they're both hitmen. Yeah. But then Dan Aykroyd just wants to have a conversation about basically creating a union. Right. Yeah. About contract for contract yeah, killers. Guild. Like a guild. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is so good. Yeah. Like, and the dance that they do. Oh, then that's it great. It was yeah, great. They're doing like a 360 where they're both kind of moving around. Yeah. And, and they've got their hands yeah. in their jacket. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just so well executed yeah. that it, and you would think, Oh, it'd be some action scene or whatever, but it's, it's not like, it's so, it's so well done that mm -hmm. that scene immediately sticks out to me when I think about that movie. Okay. Um, my, uh, mine's not as, thought through as dramatic <laughs> yeah i just love the fact that when they so that the 
the tension between them ends up at the end. Sure, you're right. Right. Yeah. He comes to the house to 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 hit her dad, and then right. he's and then Martin John's character is protecting them. Yep. And then so they're in they're in this gunfight, and then they both run out of bullets. <laughs> yeah, and then that's right. They gave they gave each other like the the time to reload or whatever yeah and then john comes over the top of the counter with the microwave right and just slams it on his head and that's how he kills dan's character yeah which that and then you hear then you hear the the microwave beep like it beeps or whatever you're done and yeah dan akroyd is kind of like like, yeah bouncing on the ground <laughs> that was that was probably one of my favorites it's scenes. good it's really good yeah. i mean we didn't even talk about that we didn't even talk about um so dan Aykroyd's great in it but the the twist being that the guy that john cusack was there to kill originally ends up being his old high school girlfriend's dad right um and it ends up being because his dad was going to be a witness in a court case for this huge billion dollar company and he was going to be outing the billion dollar company for, for doing some shady things. Yeah. And so the company hired John to kill the dad. And so it's not like John was hired to kill a bad guy. He was hired to kill a good guy. So that's another thing too, is you don't want to make your love interest father, like actually a bad guy all of a sudden, because right. then that makes everything that happened before it. And then you don't get the happy ending, but we're just, I'm just, I keep going to it. I keep saying it. And I'm sorry, but like, the payoff just payoff yeah it's there it's awesome yeah. and uh go check it out so if you haven't seen it you've now been spoiled but still it's worth watching yeah uh, master class in just pacing characters and uh and and payoff build up and payoff like I think it's, it's a it's great, great yeah it's a great example of filmmaking yeah. and that's what we love and that's what we talk about and that's what this podcast is all about so um Thumbs up. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, guys, I hope you enjoyed this listening and talking about Gross Point Blank. Um, we'll have the uh, show recommendations and show non-recommendations listed in uh, the description notes. And uh, if you want to check out our previous episode, we talked a lot about um, some current things going on, um, state of mental health, and uh, there's some resources in the description of that show. So uh, check back on that one. Yeah. Eric, uh, where can they find us online? Well, they can find you on Instagram and Twitter. At Zach Abbott, you can find me on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at Eric Thurston. You can find the Easy Podcast on Instagram and Twitter at the Easy Podcast. Or if you have any comments, questions, complaints, or concerns, you can send those to Zach at the Easy Podcast Show at gmail.com. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys. Check it next time. All right. Have a good one. <laughs>